I think that there's even more now than when I started playing. There's so many overreactions that happen on a week-to-week -week basis. So it's nice to, to come out and have a good performance and get the trolls off our back for at least a week. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Gillio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL. Welcome back. BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe G, Joe O, Aaron Hawksworth, the voice of Aaron Rodgers there, talking about the trolls and the critics, maybe talking about BetQL Daily, maybe talking about Pro Football Focus. Who knows? Our next guest is from Pro Football Focus, Anthony Tresh. He is their senior college analyst, also writes and talks some NFL as well. Anthony, happy to have you here. And um, let's start college. We'll work our way back to the pros. I, I was reading some of your takeaways from week three. So let me throw one at you, uh, Anthony, college football, and, and give me your thoughts on, on what's going on in Alabama because I'm watching that game against Florida, and they don't look like Alabama. They don't look like the gap between Alabama and whoever else you think is good in college football, maybe Georgia's second best is as big as it used to be. Anthony, what do you see when you watch Alabama? Yeah, 100%. And, you know, it was very interesting after that first week. You know, they just absolutely dismantled Miami. And, you know, the big conversation was, you know, was this about Alabama being, you know, still Alabama, the juggernaut that they have been over the last few years? Or was this about, you know, Miami probably not being as good as we thought? And, you know, based off the last few weeks, I mean, I, I think it's, kind of been shifting towards, you know, Miami just really was not as good as what we thought they were. And, you know, Alabama does have some vulnerabilities, you know, especially on the offensive side of the ball, which they really have not had over the last two years. I mean, we're talking about it, probably the best passing offenses that college football's ever seen at Alabama over the last few years with Mac Jones and Tua Tunga Viola. I mean, the offensive regression was, you know, expected just because it was historic levels, even above what Joe Burrow did at LSU in 2019. Um, last year with Mac Jones, Devontae Smith and uh, Steve Sarkeesian, and you lose those three players or uh, two players with the play caller, one of the best in college football. I mean, you're going to see some regression there. We definitely have seen that so far. And, and I think the concerning part with this team is kind of the reliance of, you know, performance in unstable areas, right? So Bryce Young, exceptional when under pressure. I mean, it's really rare to see someone so young, you know, be able to get himself out of, you know, bad situations, you know, move around the pocket, avoid sacks, and find an open receiver. Um, but at the end of the day, that's really not a sustainable way to win. You still want to see him win from a clean pocket. And his performance has been far less when kept clean as opposed to when under pressure. And also, when you look at the early downs, I mean, they're a middle-of-the-pack Power 5 team as far as efficiency goes on early downs. And they're really just high efficiency better than anyone else on third downs. That's not a sustainable way to win as well. So, you know, I think when they get to a time where they play a team that's going to get into an offensive shootout, like here in a couple weeks against Ole Miss, we could maybe see a slip-up. I think it's more possible than a lot of people think, but, you know, only time will tell. I think that's going to be, you know, exciting part of before the college football season. I mean, it kind of goes back to the big common theme that we're seeing so far is that, you know, we've had a lot of chaos, and I think it's there's a lot of reason out there to expect more chaos. Anthony, over at PFF, you guys have Oklahoma in your top four, like most people, uh, sitting at 3-0. and That's not a big surprise. What is the surprise? Two of their three wins, you know, it, it got real dicey. And we're used to complaining about Oklahoma defense saying, oh, see, same old Oklahoma. They can't play any defense. That's why the game was so close. Well, that was uh, that was not the case this past weekend, only putting up 23 points. Where do we sit with the Sooners? Yeah, I think they're probably the most frustrating defense or team really as a whole to watch in college football right now uh, just because 
I think they have as much raw talent as they would in college football. They're definitely not playing like it. I mean, that defense, um, that pass rush is performing up to expectations. But you look at the coverage unit, they're slipping up a lot, um, a little bit more than I was you know, expected. They're looking like a below-average unit. Um, and then you look at the offensive side of the ball, and this is the real frustrating part. You know, quarterback Spencer Rattler, I mean, he's making the throws at the short and intermediate levels of the field, but he's still, every single week so far, we've seen a handful of just those undisciplined plays that we saw, you know, last year's first year starting, you know, really pop up again. Just the unnecessary risk-taking instead of, you know, passing up the defense attaining to him underneath to throw into triple coverage downfield. Um, you know, and he's had a lot of plays like that where the defense wasn't able to capitalize on the poor decision, and it's really lucked out a lot for uh, Oklahoma. Um, you know, again, raw talent perspective, you know, wise, no one in college football is touching Spencer Rattler. I mean, he has a ceiling higher than anybody else, but right now he's just not really kind of taking the steps forward that we were kind of all expecting to see this upcoming season. So, I mean, there's definitely still time for them to turn it around, but, you know, it's going to have to happen sooner rather than later. Anthony, you mentioned Spencer Rattler there. It's pretty incredible right now looking at the Heisman odds and the shift that has happened in just a few weeks. We know it happens every year, yeah. but this shift is pretty incredible. So Sam Howell, Spencer Rattler, JT Daniels, Desmond Ritter, um, CJ Stroud, Malik Wills, all at 25-1. to 1. They're, I mean, they have fallen back or up, depending on where they were to start. There's two guys, though. Right now it's Matt Corral, plus 150. He's the favorite on FanDuel, and Bryce Young, plus 300. Let's talk about Matt Corral here. It was a name that kind of popped up in the summer. People were like, well, watch this guy, Lane Kiffin. Uh, it's been even better than I thought it would be. Do you agree with the assessment he should be the Heisman favorite? Yeah, I mean, absolutely at this moment in time. So, I mean, just like I was saying earlier, you know, Spencer Adler is the most talented quarterback in college football, but the player that's playing the best is definitely Matt Corral. I mean, he's been executing that offense flawlessly through three weeks. And he did pretty much all of last season, taking out that, you know, that Arkansas game, which is probably just one of the most, you know, wild games that I ever watched and kind of just an outlier, I would say, just considering what he's done over the entire time under Lane Kiffin there. So I do think, you know, a lot of his production, it's definitely schemed, right? I mean, you could thank Lane Kiffin for a good chunk of that. That's not to say he's not a very talented quarterback. He is. I mean, he has a great deep ball. And we've seen that, too. And, you know, we've kind of seen him kind of prop up some of the players around him as well um, just because you don't have Elijah Moore this year. Um, and so I think right now Matt Crouch should be considered the favorite, but I agree. The, the, the shift in the highs and odds has been wild to watch. I mean, I even, mm-hmm. you know, I've seen in some books just kind of like after the games on Saturday, it was Matt Crouch and Bryce Young, and then the money started coming on Bryce Young because that gap is now widening um, over the last couple of days here. So definitely interesting to watch, and I think, you know, I think, I mean, definitely Bryce Young's up there just because the Heisman in the past has been a team award, basically the best player on the best team. Um, but, you know, Matt Corral, he's definitely been the better player. And I think if he does end up leading Ole Miss over Alabama, and, I, and like I said earlier, you know, I do think there is a, more of a chance of that happening than a lot of people think. Um, you know, obviously Alabama's still going to be favored and all that, but it could be, end up being a close game. If he does pull out a victory there, I mean, it would be his to lose at that point. Uh, do you agree with the odds suggesting that early on it's a two-player race for the Heisman? And uh, is there a player or two that we should be talking about or given the opportunity they could take off? Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a very good question. I still think that, you know, that Spencer Rattler's still interesting um, just because the, the, the sheer amount of talent he has. And if he does turn it around, he's going to put up some crazy numbers. Um, but I almost – 
kind of going to shy away from that just because I think the public perception on him is so bad already that I don't think he could really do too much, um, you know, to really kind of change a lot of people, a lot of the voters' mind. Um, you know, one that kind of does stand out that I think is maybe not, you know, throw the bag at it, but something maybe just put a little chatter on it. Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati. Um, you know, if he does here in a couple of weeks, go to South Bend, Indiana, and, you know, lead a you know, handedly victory over the Fighting Irish, um, and then he continues to kind of show some growth over the course of the season. Um, and then for if there's other, you know, they're going to have to have some help from other teams to make the college football playoffs. But I do think it's a possibility if they do run the table. Um, yeah, I think he could probably be in the running. Um, but that, of course, would cause, you know, you'd have to have Bryce Young. And I think Matt Crowd has said that quite a bit. So I, I think Desmond Ritter is one. Um, you know, Sam Howell, I probably wouldn't even rule him out either. He's starting to look like the quarterback that, you know, we were expecting to see right from the get-go that first game against Virginia Tech was his worst of his career hands down, but he's starting to turn it around. Um, and if he can kind of sustain that over the course of the season, what we've seen over the last couple of weeks, then he's going to have a, a fantastic set of numbers there for him. I um, mean, also, too, this North Carolina team, I mean, if, again, if they perform like they did this past week against Virginia, a good Virginia team like that, um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked to see them end up winning the ACC because Clemson's been struggling mightily. And I'm not so sure how confident I am in DJ Uwe and Lele, you know, not you know, slipping up again this upcoming season just because he has not shown any positive signs so far. Anthony Trash, Pro Football Focus, joining us here. He's on a little college football. We'll sprinkle in some NFL, too. Anthony, right now on FanDuel, Georgia and Alabama even odds to win. They're both of the same, excuse me, plus 200 to win the national championship right now. There seems to be kind of this, like, group, like, all right, Ohio State already lost. Oklahoma has not been very impressive so far. Is this the year? Anthony, someone we're not expecting jumps into the playoff. Could it be a Cincinnati, uh, maybe another big 10 school like a Penn State who wasn't supposed to be this good this year? Do you think this is one of those years or the year where something wacky happens with the four playoff teams? Or do you expect when this thing ends, it's going to be kind of your usual suspects there at the end? Oh, no, I definitely do think that we are going to have an unexpected playoff team. Um, I I think that will happen. Um, You know, who it might be, you know, like you said, it could be. Maybe it's an Iowa or Penn State or um, maybe it's Cincinnati. Um, but I do think we're going to have an unexpected playoff team. Now, can that unexpected playoff team actually win the national title? Uh, I'm not so sure about that. I still think, you know, Alabama and Georgia, I think they are. They're deservingly to be the favorites to win it all. I mean, you look at Georgia's defense. I mean, that's a different animal right there. As Shane Beamer said after the game, I mean, they just have five stars. The crew's flying around everywhere. I mean, they have a good defensive scheme, of course, but... I mean, when you have that, the, the physical skill set, you know, on that side of the ball, it, it trumps everything in college football. Um, and I think that special group is, you know, going to lead them pretty far, even though if there's some question marks on the offensive side of the ball. Um, and so I do think we're going to see an unexpected playoff team. And, you know, as far as an unexpected national champion goes, I, I think I would, would be kind of surprised if that were to occur. Uh, Anthony, do you have a favorite play that uh, you've already bet or you're taking a strong look at for this weekend in college football? Yeah, I mean, I was actually just looking at this um, for an upcoming article. But there's one that really stood out, and I had to do a double take, and that's North Carolina. Um, they're playing Georgia Tech, only favored by 12. And again, like I alluded to earlier, I mean, they beat a really good Virginia team, um, beat them by 20 points. So I, I, I think that's probably one that's really jumping out to me. Um, you know, I think that. You know, Georgia Tech close game with Clemson last week wasn't so much about Georgia Tech being good and, you know, more about Clemson just being in a really bad state right now. 
Um, so that's one that kind of jumps out at me right now. Anthony, rookie quarterbacks in the NFL. I know you watched them, and we talked last time about how good this class could be. So far, it's been some up and down. We got to see Justin Fields a little bit, and it looks like we're going to see him more. Haven't seen really Trey Lance yet. But the three that have played a lot, one guy is soaring, and that is Mac Jones. And the other two are really struggling. Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. Of the two that are struggling, top two picks in last year's draft, which one would you be more worried about right now? Are you seeing any signs that are, are troubling Wilson, Lawrence? I know it's early, but of the two, which one have you kind of scratched your head and said, hmm, uh, he's not playing very well right now, more one than the other, Lawrence or Wilson? You know, I'd probably have to say Trevor Lawrence. Um, and, you know, I don't even think it's solely on him that I'm more worried about. It's the, more about the system that he's in right now. Um, you know, that Urban Meyer team, it, it's not looking like a good – the experiment looks like it might be trending towards failure as opposed to working out. Um, and also, to the accuracy that he's had, um, it, it's been really poor. I mean, he has – he's leading the NFL in uncomfortable pass rate, throwing 10 or more yards down field, field by a substantial margin. No one even in the same stratosphere as him. Um, and so I think that is a little bit of a concern. He's had some poor decisions on tape. You know, we've seen him kind of flash that, you know, that special arm that he has. But at the end of the day, he just has not been accurate making poor decisions with the ball. I think Zach Wilson, um, you know, as Robert Sala, he said it best, you know, this isn't, this isn't BYU. you got to, you know, play smarter sometimes to be a little bit more boring um, just because, I mean, these, this is, these are NFL defenses. They're going to take advantage of you when they can. Um, you know, you can't do so much of the freelancing as like you did at BYU. Um, and, and so, you know, I'm not, I think it's way too early to kind of say that either of these two quarterbacks aren't going to be the players that, you know, everybody expected them to be. Um, but I do think there probably should be a little bit more concern um, if, if there's any uh, with Trevor Lawrence. Uh, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame taking on Wisconsin in uh, in Chicago near me at Soldier Field? Uh, the Badgers are five and a half point favorites with a total of forty six and a half. Yeah, I, that was definitely one that also jumped out at me when I was looking at this upcoming slate. Um, you know, it, it's it's going to be an interesting game just because you have kind of I think probably two anemic offenses, um, but I think the defenses you know have some positive signs there, specifically with Notre Dame. I mean, you have. You know, Kyle Hamilton, he's going to be the best player to play on the, um, the field in this game. Um, two of his three games he's played, he's looked like an absolute star out there. I mean, this past week he won PFF Defensive Player of the Week nationally um, for us there. So, you know, I, I think it's all going to be all about what, you know, which defense can take advantage of the offense's mistakes specifically at the quarterback position. Uh, Grammer is the Wisconsin quarterback. You know, against Penn State that first week, I mean, it was really bad. I, it, it really was. I won't sugarcoat it. Um, he had a sub-50 passing grade, multiple turnover-worthy plays. You know, some Penn State was able to take advantage of, some that they weren't. Um, and so I think with this Notre Dame defense, it's going to be all about, you know, really taking advantage of the mistakes that he's probably going to make. Um, you know, with Notre Dame, Jack Cohn, he's, he's probably one of the more safe quarterbacks in college football, but that can only get you so far. Uh, and so yeah. I think the big important thing for Notre Dame it's a kind of trying to creative. Um, you know, it has Tyler Buchner, the freshman. He's an exciting rushing threat. Um, you know, I think incorporating him as much as they can and getting some interesting, you know, um, read option plays with Kyron Williams in there as well. Um, you know, I think that's probably the best case for them. I'm definitely leaning Notre Dame in this one. I was kind of, I thought five and a half is a little bit much, um, you know, turning towards Wisconsin, even though Notre Dame hasn't really been looking like the dominant Notre Dame team um, this, this season. So, I think it's going to be an interesting game here, and I think it probably has all the makings to be kind of a little bit of a slugfest, I would say. 
It's going to be a fun one. Anthony Trash, Pro Football Focus Senior Analyst. Follow him at PFF underscore Anthony. Anthony, always appreciate hopping on. We'll do it again soon. Thank you. Of course. Thank there you. There he goes. Guys. Anthony Trash. Joe, Wisconsin, Notre Dame. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Do you like these neutral sites? Like, wouldn't you rather that be at Notre Dame Stadium yeah, though, or Camp Randall? Yeah I, yeah, I mean, I think it hurts Notre Dame of the two, right? Like that. That's that's a big loss for them. I, I think. Yeah. I think neutral helps Wisconsin's game. Coming up first, look at Week Three lines in the NFL. Joe G, Joe O, Aaron Hawksworth, Becky Well Daily, presented by Fan Duel Sportsbook. <laughs> 